Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks podcast. I'm Jim Haney, and I want to welcome you to another episode covering the 10 guiding principles of recovery. And today we're talking about relational as one of the principles, and I'm here as usual with my two guests. Please introduce yourselves. I'm Ashley McLean. I'm the Recovery Coach Supervisor at Montana's Peer Network. And I'm Bill Diefel, Recovery Coach at Montana's Peer Network. Thanks again for, for doing this as we work our way through the 10 guiding principles. This one, we actually got the handout out and kind of read through it because it's like really similar to like Peers some, and allies. Yeah, like yeah. some of the other ones. Yeah. And so we wanted to make sure we were sort of separate. So I'm going to read a couple things. So relational, uh, supportive relationships lead to a greater sense of belonging, personhood, empowerment, autonomy, social inclusion, and community participation. There's a good quote in here. Bill, did you? Did you add this quote into the Abraham Lincoln? So Abraham Lincoln said, the best way to predict your future is to create it. That's a good one. It definitely is. Now, did somebody share that with you? Is that how you... Because Bill created this brochure we're looking at, so... No, I think I just just got on and started looking on the internet and things for quotes that that would, would fit into this particular brochure, mm-hmm. and, and I thought that one fit in nicely. Yeah, and Abraham Lincoln, I mean, he, he had a mental uh, health diagnosis. He did, yeah. depression. Yeah, yeah, melancholia, yeah. they called it back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're talking about relational. So relationships with people, you have this other quote on here. He said, surround yourself with positive people who will support you during your bad days, not just your good days. Mm-hmm. How true that is. So, so true. So, so true. I mean, prior to recovery for me, it was a host of fair weather friends. And we are kind of talking about, you know, like, I have probably two friends. And my dad always told me, he's like, in your lifetime, you can count on both hands how many, like, true blue friends you have in your life. And I didn't believe him because I, I kind of thought I was social butterfly and I I put myself out there but I'm actually like an introverted extrovert like I don't have a lot of like close 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 friends like I can count on both hands how many people are super close in my life today and so dad was right dad was right and always always is but I love that quote where it says create your own future and I get to create a future in recovery with people who aren't scared to hold me accountable, but also um, lift you up. Yeah. 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 Talk about those fair weather friends a little bit. Oh, the fair weather friends? Well, I mean, they're always like, I got your back and, you know, yeah. you know, t- till death, you know, like, yeah. you know, that was kind of the life you lived till <laughs> death. Yeah. You know, I remember getting locked up uh, several times and out of all of those till death friends, one person wrote me. 
one person wrote me when I went to jail, and we're still close friends to this day. He, today. He's one of those ones on my on my hand yeah. that I can count. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can definitely count on him. Good and bad. That's that's great to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't count on any hand any of those friends in my past life where I could count on them at all. I could count on them to take my stuff when I went to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they never they never once wanted to know how I was doing and what right. I was doing or, or anything like that. Today, I have people in my life that have my best interests in mind and my family's best interests in mind. And, and that's a, a total swap, being in recovery and not well, I, I thought about, you know, when we first started talking about this one in the, you know, the warm-up. Yes, we do a warm-up. Like a, pre, <laughs> a pre-podcast podcast. I, you know, I, I, mentors played a huge role in, mm. in, in my life. And, you know, I, I, when I was younger and when I was not well, I didn't recognize that's what they were. I mean, there were these people in my life that were helping me. I didn't really, you know, and as I got older and got into recovery, then I began looking back and said, oh, man, I had lots of mentors, you know, who just, you know, took me under their wing or sort of guided me. And, man, I mean, I I don't know where my life would be without those people and just the things they did. Yeah, I mean, there was no, like, till death, like Ashley's thing, you know. (laughs) People just sort of I'm your friend of death. appear in your life. Yeah. yeah, you know, just sort of appear and then they, you know, and, and even despite the fact that I didn't recognize one, I was sick, or two, that they were mentoring me, you know, mm-hmm. they really did play a crucial role in sort of shaping me. I mean, it's certainly better than the, the friends you drank with or, you know, right. hung out with, who, you know. I mean, I, I think I even shared this on, I might even share this on another podcast, you know, like, I mean, I had one friend and he was like, yeah, he's like, you know, after I came out, like I had a diagnosis and all that stuff. He's like, yeah, we like, well, we always knew there was something wrong with you. Like, <laughs> like nobody said anything, you know, like nobody. Well, you know, I think that goes back like, to kind of what I was saying is like, like having those people in your life who are unafraid to just tell you how they see it right yeah, like yeah i need that in yeah. my life i need yeah. those kind of people in my life who are unafraid to tell me you know how they're experiencing me because yeah. sometimes it's i'm a little intense yeah yeah it's super important for that because i can re- remember in my recovery early recovery you know i'd be doing a few things right that i hadn't been doing for a, a really really long time and and of course my ego gets in the way and i think i'm about something and and to have people that are willing to go, um, Bill, um, you're doing this right for the first time in your life, and that's great. However, here's some more things that we need to work on. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Don't you know who I am? Yeah. No complacency here. Even when I thought I was doing good, it's good to have people in your life yeah. that are gonna that, that are gonna hold you accountable. To some principles that that go beyond where you might even be at that time. And so, super important. And thankfully, I was willing to listen. And 
that's important to be able to do as well is is when you find people that are good people that are going to hold you accountable is to allow yourself to listen to them because that was a really really hard one for me to do was to allow these people to have influence in my life that I knew were good people that I knew had my best interests in mind and to fight that that resistance that's just naturally built into me to you don't know what you're talking about I run my own life mm-hmm. I've made it this far um, I'm you know whatever what, wherever I was in my recovery journey you know I've made it this far I'm doing good and being able to listen and stay humble and stay teachable is is important and having those key people in your life so that it can be like little red flags for you mm-hmm. if, if this person says you're in the red zone or you need to really think about what you're doing to that's an automatic red flag to stop pause and 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 take in what they're trying to let you know so that you can make an adjustment before things get too out of hand. Yeah. And I think, you know, if we're talking about like why why is it important to have those people there in in the bad days, not just the good. Like, you know, I think about my husband and my husband like over the years, right, he's been super supportive. He was actually a catalyst to me getting into recovery, but super supportive and like now he's like uh when's the last time you've been to a support group and maybe you should go and you're you're being different you need to get to a support group and like he he holds me accountable because he knows like what's at stake right he knows what's at stake for me when i when i get there on those bad days so that's cool it's really cool my mom too my mom does the same thing did you go to a meeting this week because your attitude sucks it's kind of showing and how do you think it changes over time so as you're in recovery longer and longer how do you think that changes the relationships change I mean for me the people change yes right No, I think I don't know I think for me the change is like I get to be that for people right Like I get okay. to be that. That's I think how it how it's changed is like yes, I still have the, these key people in my life who who I know, but now I get to be what I needed, right? Mm-hmm. What I needed in my life. Recovery comes full circle sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I know for me, yeah, for me, the, the one definite thing that has changed relational for me that that I added into my life. Oh just a few years ago was was the spiritual aspect and, and chose to get involved with church simply because I went so far spiritually in the 12-step program that I was in and then I kind of plateaued and so I wanted to keep feeding that part and hold, hold myself a little more accountable than what I was being held um, and so I had I, I had to go a different route, which then in turn, then I get to do what Ashley's saying, and I get to, I get to give that back to the twelve-step group spiritually. You think you would have had that the spiritual journey part if you weren't in recovery? Well, well, I'd be spiritually bankrupt and dead, or spiritually. 
opposite of where I am now, mm. which would be more likely the case. And so that doesn't look pretty, and it's not a good thing for me to think about. Um, I am grateful that I found recovery, and yeah. I'm in recovery, and I can affect people spiritually in a positive way right. rather than a negative way in which I was already affecting people. Yeah, yeah I, the reason I ask is I think about that a lot in my own recovery. That I mean, if I wasn't in recovery, I wouldn't be the director of MPN, obviously. There's, there's <laughs> right? a big one, right? <laughs> wouldn't have you know, the opportunity to be a peer supporter, but even goes further, like I don't I wouldn't have moved from Chicago to Montana. Right. I mean it goes much it's much bigger than that. It's, yeah. You know, just, and that would that shifts your whole right, your whole tra- trajectory yeah. of yes. of those people in your life, right? Yes. Those those yes. those peers and allies in your yeah. life. Yeah, because yeah, it's just a whole different group of people. Absolutely. And there's no there's no environmental attachment to the old Right? Yes. Because you're so far away, Bill. You know, you moved here from another state. Right? Yeah. Moved yep. here from another state. Right? Absolutely. And I, I've said that. I said, um, I don't know how, because it. I feel like my journey into recovery this time, because I had tried it several times, but I, I did it in my hometown, right? And it was, it was a pull and it was like a pull to those negative people, right? Those fair weather friends. And I don't know if, if I would have stayed home and tried to get clean and sober, if I would have been able to, right? I, I think about that often because everybody here was just, I gave them only bits and pieces to get my way, right, in the world. I never, I never gave all of me. And the people where I lived, you know, where I grew up, they knew me from childhood, you know. I can remember that when when I moved to Montana, I was I was five years into recovery, and so my first five years of recovery were in the town that was Same at the place. tail end the tail end of my of my disease. All I had to do was say no a couple of times, and they were nowhere to be found. Mm. Not that I wouldn't have been able to find them, right. but because I was not interested in that at the time, and, you know, I was moving in a different direction, they were gone. They didn't call. They didn't write me a letter. They, you know. They didn't go, where's Bill? No, they, I mean, Bill wasn't there to do whatever it is that they needed me to do uh, to satisfy them. And so it's pretty sad when you look back on it, at least for me, who I surrounded myself with and who I intentionally surrounded myself with. And it's no different in recovery. I intentionally surround myself with people that I know that are in recovery and moving forward in their life. Yeah. Because that's where I'll, I'll, I'll go as well. And so those re- relations are super important just for the direction of your life. I pick, I pick wisely. And carefully, yeah. And and people think that the word judgmental is bad, but judgment and being judgmental can save your life as well. Absolutely. Um, on who you choose to associate with and why, right? Absolutely. I know 
that that saying your vibe is your tribe right and or your tribe is your vibe like you are who you surround yourself with you do you tend to take on those characteristics whether you think you are or you are like you just I think I just adapt sometimes and if I'm around super negative people I shift that way right like and it's kind of like this subconscious shift I don't even know what's happening and it, and it happens for me I remember uh, kind of a mentor in my life and she sat me down and she said just because everybody's in recovery doesn't mean they're good for you and I was like what she's like think of it like this some people have a cough you know they're going to get over that cough right just like a seasonal cough cold right they got a little snivels are a little bit sick but then there's some people that come into recovery who have Ebola and you need to suit up and stay away right and she said that is you know that's just like life right yeah, it's yeah. no different yeah. in recovery yeah. circles yeah. too yeah. and so I, I completely agree with you like I do have to use some judgment like, they told me to stick with the winners. And right. it's like, well, I have to judge who's a loser and who's a winner. Yeah, right. right? Pick your friends wisely. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right. So that was that was pretty good. That was a good, good discussion. It was. Yeah. It's another one we want to read. Most, most healthy relationships don't happen overnight. They take time to develop. Be kind to yourself. There will be trial and error in developing some of these relationships. They are invaluable to the foundation of your recovery. Mm. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Recovery Talks Podcast. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to another one of our Recovery Month 2020 podcasts. Remember, we're giving away some wonderful prizes during this Recovery Month. If you'd like to enter, the code for this podcast is P O D 9. Zero seven. Again, that's P is in Peter, O, D is in dog, nine zero seven. Thanks for listening and good luck. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works. Recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. <laughs> recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.